coming all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Okay, it's the Father's Day episode. I want to do something really special with my dad. Oh, what's that movie with Sam Jackson and the Academy Award winning actress where she has amnesia, but she has all of these special abilities and... You know, everyone made a big deal about it. Oh, the long kiss goodnight. Yeah. You totally thought I was going to say Captain Marvel, didn't you? We're doing long kiss goodnight. We're celebrating Father's Day with the father of all motherfuckers. That's right. Long kiss goodnight. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. That's why I distracted you first. Same principle as deflowering virgins. What? 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 I read it in this Harold Robbins book. Guy bites around the ear, distracts from the pain. Never try that? No, no, I sock him in the jaw and your pop goes the weasel. Who the fuck are you? His name's Charlie. The spy. Tear me apart, Lisa! Wake up out of a building! Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kurland, and we are talking about The Long Kiss Goodnight with Samuel L. Jackson for Father's Day. And because it's for our Father's Day episode, my guest co-host is my dad, again. You didn't learn the first time. <laughs> Apparently not. So, many reasons why I picked this. Um, A, Sam Jackson is one of my favorite actors of all time. Like, it goes Paul Newman, William Powell, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, also, there is no way that I'm not going to make the comparison of this and Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's the same movie. They take place in 1996. Sam Jackson helps an Academy Award-winning actress, this time played by Gina Davis. In 2019, it's played by Brie Larson. Remember herself. And also, it's a Shane Black movie. Like, Shane Black was part of the MCU. He wrote Iron Man 3. So, so also, another reason why I picked this, Dad, is because this was one of the first R-rated movies that you let me see in theaters. Really? Yeah. You took me when I was 10 years old to see this in theaters. And I was like, wow, this was great. And he's like, yeah, it was. And you're like, don't tell your mom. <laughs> I used to say that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, you would bet me. You're like, yeah, you can talk about the car chases and the violence. Uh, the scene where she's in the shower. Yeah, you might want to leave that part out. <laughs> what? The I, government can't take me away from you now. I'm in my 30s. 
I'm not sure the government wants to take you away. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. So, yeah, also, you used to love this movie. We would rent this all the time. Well, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I did I did have a thing for Gina Davis. Who didn't... Yeah, that's what loving this movie is. You either have a thing for Gina Davis or a thing for Sam Jackson. Like it's like two really big actors of the time and then like no one else really famous. Well, Brian Cox was famous. Character actor Brian Cox. Yeah. Well, okay, if I gave you a lineup, a police lineup of four or five Portly British actors with mustaches. One of them's Brian Cox. Would you be able to pick out Brian Cox from the other normal character actor British actors? The answer is no. <laughs> if I had like Richard Griffiths, Brian Cox, uh, I, Lils Martin is probably yelling at at the the podcast like, oh, say this British actor Stephen Fry. Like if I if I gave a bunch of portly British actors who are character actors, you would not be able to pick Brian Cox from a lineup. Probably not. Yeah, and that's, that's the point. But he's famous. I mean, people know who Brian Cox is. I mean, the name Dad, is... you once got Brian Cox confused with Albert Finney. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. <sighs> when we saw Skyfall, you go, oh, it's Brian Cox. That's Albert Finney. Are you sure? That was a conversation you and I had. So if you're new to Writer's Bickle Basket, Dad, why don't you give them a quick, like, short synopsis about what the movie is that we just saw. Okay. So Gina Davis, it starts out and she's a school teacher in some small town in, I don't know. New- it It's supposed to be like New Jersey or like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. It's that weird tri-county area. But in any event, and she's got a, a little eight-year-old girl and she's dating uh, um, the father from Everwood. To clarify, she's dating... The boring father from Everwood. She's not dating Tree Williams. That's true. But in any event, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, she's the she's sitting. It, it's a Christmas movie. It's sort of like Die Hard, but without Bruce Willis. Well, that's because it's Shane Black. Of course, it's a Christmas movie. So, so she's in a. You forgot uh, the most important thing. What she has amnesia. Well, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just that little thing. So she doesn't remember who she is. She 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 only has a memory for for the eight years, essentially that she was discovered with this like key on this ring, uh, or bracelet with the, with the letters filed off. Right, and and she was two months pregnant. So and she's got amnesia. Amnesia. So she's dating this guy, and uh, they have a. Uh, eight-year-old daughter. Right, I've said that part, but I'm getting to the next part. So she's in a uh, a lim- She's in a convertible in Christmas, um, with snow all over the place, and she's dressed up as like Mrs. Claus without you know any fake hair or anything, and she's sitting next to Santa Claus, and uh, they're vi- they're taping it, and and it's on a newscast, mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 actual announcer makes some crack about how santa claus knows what he wants for christmas and they santa claus got a young mrs claus guess he's getting his chimney something something gross but in any event but they spend a lot of time with the video on gina davis and there's a guy in jail who's got one eye and he's bald and he sees this from his jail cell and he like freaks out 
And I love how I say give a quick short synopsis okay. and you go through the whole fucking movie. Okay. So in any event, um, she gets attacked uh, and she begins to, uh, uh, oh, she gets into a car accident. And we'll she starts and she she starts to have fl- flashbacks and and she gets attacked and all of a sudden um the private investigator that she hired Samuel L Jackson who's really sort of a sleazy PI who shakes down people where he has his secretary pretend that she's a hooker and then they burst in he bursts in there and and shakes them down so he, he's not a really uh, admirable character um so he, she she opens their Christmas caroling, and she she opens up the door to her her house, and this bald guy um, apparently escaped merely because he saw her on TV. He went crazy. Yeah, but he escapes. I mean, th- the motivation to escape was I've got to get I've got to get Gina Davis, and he tries to kill her, and she kills him. And Samuel L. Jackson, who she had hired before get some new information that all the expensive PIs couldn't get anything on. I love how I, I tell you to give a quick synopsis. I th- thought you were going to be like, sure, uh, Charlie Stern, uh, Gina Davis is a spy who wakes up with amnesia, thinks she's a school teacher, finds out she's a super spy, and then crazy shit happens. And you go through the whole fucking movie. <laughs> it's fine. I love you. I love you. Continue, <sighs> please. Please. But in any event. <laughs> so... Scott already did the synopsis, so I don't have to do that. But um, uh, at times, Gina Davis is is like um, uh, when when she has these periods where she acts like she was as the assassin. She was a government assassin, and and sh- and then she has moments where and she doesn't remember what happens. Right. So like she's ice skating with her daughter, and the kid falls because she's eight years old and never. And, because and, she's a child. Right, She's exactly. a child, and she starts crying because she's a child, and she got hurt. And Gina Davis is like, get up. Life sucks. Yeah, Everything yeah. happens. Yeah. You think I'm happy that I had sex without a condom, and nine months later, you arrive? No, no, no she didn't say that part. But the bottom That's line is- That's her tone. That's but, her tone. But but she she turns from the loving mother into this sort of like drill sergeant. And the kid's going, oh, my arm hurts, my arm hurts. And then she finds out, after the fact that the she kid, broke the kid's the, arm, the, the kid, well, the kid's arm well, broke. Well, the, kid, when she the fell. kid was like sprained, but when she pulled on the kid's arm, she broke the kid's arm. In any event, so she's not real sympathetic, but she didn't remember anything that she said to her daughter. Yeah. So it's very weird. I'm, I've never heard of any type of amnesia where you all of a sudden have lucid moments of where you were before and you act like your prior person and then you don't remember anything. In oh, between. I have. It's called being a blackout drunk. <laughs> no, that's, diff- that's different than <laughs> that's a personality that- difference. <laughs> no, that's the, only, that's the only thing I could think of is that she is a blackout drunk. But, she's, but she didn't drink anything. So in any event. So... Um, I mean, yeah, crazy stuff happens because the government, a a rogue agent in the government wants wants to kill her. Well, yeah, you don't find that out. There's a guy named Perkins who works for the president, and you find out that he teamed up with the terrorists (laughs) because the way to get his program funded is he has to fund terrorism. Well, no, no. What happened was he wanted more money for the CIA. Right. And the president says, nope, health care. Right. And that's why he said basically so, is funding terrorism to fund himself. Well, 
he wasn't funding terror, ter- terrorism. He was going to engage in a terror... Who do you think was paying for this, Dad? Wow. You know that he was, like, in his office writing checks for, like, oh, they need another Apache helicopter, and they need money for all of this, you know, chemical warfare. Right. But it was it was these rogue CIA agents who, who were basically going to commit a terror act in this town in... Well, actually, it was Niagara Falls. It was Buffalo. Oh, okay. It was downtown Buffalo? It was downtown Buffalo. Okay. Which... Fuck them, because that's the birthplace of the Buffalo Wing. But in any event, but they they had actually killed a, an Arab gentleman who they were <laughs> who who they were going to put in the in in the in the gasoline truck that had the chemical bomb. You mean the guy who I kept referring to as Fat Hitler? Yes, <laughs> he looked like Fat Hitler. But in any event, so okay. So here's the thing about that. So when you're an actor, you you get cast in roles even if you're just playing like a cadaver. So there was a man who was hired who is so good at pretending to be dead. Seriously, there is a guy in the credits who is credited for that role. I'm not kidding. Dead Arab guy? Yeah, it's some, something like that. Let me double check. But like I, when I was looking through the IMDb, he, that guy is listed. That guy got his SAG card from this movie. <laughs> In any event. Also, this is Samuel Jackson's favorite movie that he's ever made. You're kidding me. I'm not. It's his favorite movie. More role. than like Kingsman? Yeah. He went, he, uh, Jimmy Fallon asked him to go through his top 10 favorite characters, and he named Mitchell Hennessy as his favorite character that he's oh, ever man. played. Uh, my favorite is it's just kind of wacky, kind of private detective, kind of crazy dude, Mitch Hennessy from Long Kiss Goodnight. Really? That's Love that gen- movie, man. Really? That's- oh, I had such a good time with Gina Davis. Really? And Mitch is like, you know, Mitch is like this dude that just kind of sucks it up and kind of steps in there and takes one for yeah. I actually died in that movie. So when they were testing it, they kill me, right? And I'm in the car and I'm dying. It's a big sad scene. The audience is like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this movie had more lame dad jokes than any movie I have seen, and and they they try to pull it off. For example, uh, at the Christmas party, Gina Davis's fiance. Um, oh uh, yeah, Tom Amanda's. Yeah, he he's there with drinking. He's got a a glass of of booze, and he says, "I want to tell you something about myself that nobody knows." He says, "I don't drink. I don't smoke. I I'm, don't." Tr- no, he says, I, "I'm I thankful for having family here, as a man who." You know, can't really partake in this because I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't swear. Oh, shit, I do both of those. Yeah, well, he had a drink in his hand, too. Yeah. I mean, it was a stupid joke, but but Samuel L. Jackson tells like three or four just stupid, stupid jokes. And and one what, of which is the one that they end the movie on. <laughs> it's it's like, what are you guys doing? I mean, they're... I, I well, understand they're Shane what... Black jokes. They're Shane Black jokes because that's, that's who Shane Black is. What was he, a comedian in the 30s? <laughs> well, well, I like the one where uh, uh, Hal or Tom Amanda's Everwood, the other doctor on Everwood, as I'm going to refer to him, uh, his uncle Al, his name's Hal, he has an uncle named Al, fuck you movie. <laughs> like, uh, he goes, well, Hal, you, you've been together now what, what, a couple of years? How often do you two uh, stick our fingers inside our hands and pull them out again? <laughs> Every chance we get. Yeah, it was. Stu- I mean, it was just uh, some of the dialogue. 
was just so inane. I, I mean, the action was good. Gina Davis is a hard ass. I mean, she's she could be tough. I, and and he did Cutthroat Island with her, right? Yes, the movie was directed by Rennie Harlan. So the film was written by Shane Black, who we talked about when we did Last Action Hero. Um, he's also done uh, Predator, which was awful. The Not the original Predator. He wrote that, but he directed the new Predator, The Predator, which was bad. He did uh, The Nice Guys, which is a great movie. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is also a great movie. But this was like the the first of his private eye private investigator movies um and i like this movie i it's oh no it's an it's a guilty pleasure it is because when you think about all the plot holes and 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 the things that happen you say the movie relies on sam jackson not even gina davis because at times gina davis is kind of insufferable well i wouldn't say that okay gina davis but i mean Okay, if gun to your head, if you had to pick from two different Gina Davises, Gina Davis and Long Kiss Goodnight, or Dottie Henson from A League of Their Own, Gina Davis, who would you pick? Well, she's well, she's well, 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 A League of Our Own. She's she's she also somewhat insufferable to her younger sister. Yeah, but she does that really cool thing with the baseball where she catches it. Well, no, and she I, really did that too. No, oh no, she's she's very athletic. Yet, and and apparently wasn't she in the Olympics. Apparently, she can tie ice skates faster than anybody in history. Yeah, that is a plot hole that I don't know how they retcon that because if you've ever ta- uh, tried to get um, ice skates on, it takes what two hours? <laughs> well, no, not that long, but <laughs> forty-five it, minutes. It certainly takes more than thirty seconds. Yeah, because you have to do that thing where you like have to jam your f- foot in, so you're standing on on the the little foam thingies, smashing your foot into the ground, just saying to yourself, oh, please don't break my leg, please don't break my leg, please don't break my leg. Then when you finally get it on, it takes an hour to lace them up. Yeah, there's a scene where where um, Samuel L. Jackson is in the car and the bad guys are chasing him and, and she was in her house trying to find the, this key that her daughter had. Yeah, because why would you put a charm bracelet on your daughter if, like... She doesn't even think, hey, there's this mystery key on here. Must mean nothing. I'll give it to my daughter. Well, but in any event, she does. And 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 so she goes back to the house to to find the key and she's rummaging through and she's rummaging through it sort of like a federal agent would. I mean, she's just throwing uh drawers out on the ground and, and leaving it there. Um, but she finds the key. And and all of a sudden she hears gunshots. No, no, she hears the car horn. Oh, that's right. She does because, hear the because car Because her and Sam Jackson have like a code. I'll honk three times. <laughs> if, if I the hate bad guys, that. If, I hate that in movies. I hate that. I'll honk three times, but I'll do three short. <laughs> well, but in any event, the bad guys find Samuel L. Jackson. And by the way, Samuel L. Jackson, he's... He's the one who actually gets saved all the time by Gina Davis. There's only one time in the movie where he sort of saves the, her. He doesn't sort of save them. He drives a car through a truck and he saves them. Well, but that's a different. But but I mean, but but I mean, it's a driving. It's not like when she saves him by blowing up buildings and doing all yeah. sorts of other stuff. Well, I love when when she does save him for that 
I'll get back to that because we haven't even talked about Rennie Harlan. Because as I started to say before, Rennie Harlan is the director of such classic films as The Covenant, Cutthroat Island, oh, and Die Hard 2, Die Harder. You're speechless. Not even the Die Hard 3 with Samuel L. Jacks. Uh, no. That's John McTiernan again. Oh, man. And when John McTiernan, Rennie Harlan, and then they're like, please come back, please direct our movie. In any event, so um, there's there's a scene where where um, Samuel L. Jackson's waiting outside the, 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 the house, and while she's ransacking it, he does honk the horn, and she has, and they, you know, they do a close-up on her face like, oh, I got to get into action. So she sees Samuel L. Jackson in this old beat-up car being chased by... It's this, like a Chevette. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Um, but it, it, it being chased by, by these, like, three guys in this other car, and they're shooting, and he's trying to get oh, wait, out of no. the way. This is when he has the... Uh, um, it's it's, it's the, like a Chevy Tahoe. Right. It's got a... It's yeah. got a, it's got a it's well, like, no, the cars, the cars that they take, like, he has... He has an old pimp mobile in the beginning, right? And then, then he they have the the weird SUV, and then they have like a Studebaker. Yeah, that was a nice looking car, but it was weird. The Studebaker? Oh, it, they should have been hanging out with the Muppets. But in any event, so so um, so he's driving down a town street. Yeah, and she. Goes out the front door and she starts shooting at the cars, but they're too far ahead. And of course, she lives on a pond, so she she would have fell right through that pond. She would have got the ice skates on and would have been like, "I'm doing it! I'm doing it!" Ah! No. But meanwhile, they're they're going around the pond on the road, and all of a sudden, I mean, they show her put her sneakers they were on the front porch. Yeah, if, if she she sort of throws them off to the side when she's going into. And all of a sudden, she comes out of the house, and they're they're zipping along in a car because he's driving as fast as he can because they're shooting at him, and they're driving as fast as they can to stay up with him. And all of a sudden, she's on the pond with this rifle strapped across her back, and she's skating across the pond, and she's catching up with these cars going like, you know— 50 miles an I hour. I told you this movie is Captain Marvel before Captain Marvel existed. She is the deus ex machina of this entire movie. Like, not Samantha Kane, Charlie Baltimore. When she's Charlie Baltimore, it's she can do anything. How do we write ourselves out of this? It's because she has these super abilities. Like, she is this... They can't kill her... They can't... Okay, so the the three people they can't kill in this movie because she gets cut open, she gets drowned. Well, I mean, tortured, but underwater, but yes. No, no, she she also... Um, when, when she... Jumps when, out the window? When they jump out the window, which is my favorite scene in the whole movie. I love that. I love when he's like, how are we going to get out? And, and they throw the grenade and they start running. He's like, fuck it, run! <laughs> and she shoots the thing. Yeah, they almost drown there. And then Brian Cox shows up. We just jumped out of a window. Yes, it was all very exciting. And tomorrow we go to the zoo. <laughs> right, he did say that. That's my favorite line in the whole movie. Um, but they're unkillable. Her and then... Craig Bierko, Timothy, who I have a weird 
love-hate relationship with Craig Vierko. I love him in this, and then, um, but I think he is makes the worst choices of actors because he turned down being on Friends. Craig Bierko, who is our bad guy in this movie, his character's name is Timothy, he turned down being Chandler on Friends to be in The Music Man on Broadway. Well, maybe He's he like, likes- this This Friends TV show will never last. <laughs> and yeah. so, so you have to think about, he's making this movie when Friends is going on, and they're like, Matthew Perry got nominated for another Emmy. Click, turns the TV off. Fuck it. But in any event. Um, so you can't kill him. You can't kill... Samuel L. Sam- Samuel L. flies out a window, tied to a chair, goes through a motel electric sign, lands in a tree, falls 20 feet out of the tree, and he just gets up like he's like Wiley Coyote. Yeah. <laughs> or no. like Donald Duck when his bill goes around and turns it around and be like, you're despicable. <laughs> No, I mean, well, you, you you knew that from the very beginning when when um well, not only when she killed the 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 guy who came into her house and she she didn't realize, one eye Jack yeah when I yeah when she when she doesn't even really realize that she's an assassin and she beats the crap out of him and kills him uh, you know one of those neck twisty kills I I hate when they do that in movies but i also love it because it 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 creeps me out because i always worry that if i'm just cracking my neck the right way i'll just snap my neck like they do in the movies but then it also looks cool um but but and the interesting thing about that scene was this is the first time when we see samuel l jackson meet um uh, the gina davis character and they met before but this is the first time on screen right yeah and and he shows up because he's got new information that that his lousy detective agency got on who she was. Yeah. What her history was. So he shows up at the house and and, and there was all sorts of uh, gunshots because this uh, this one eyed Jack guy was was, I mean, shooting up her their house and she's unarmed. Uh, although she did have a choice between a very sharp knife and you can tell that she's good with knives because one of the things that she started to do earlier on was she was I cutting, must be a chef. Yeah, she didn't know what she was but and she's cutting carrots, you know, and just doing like one slice at a time very deliberately. All of a sudden she starts doing it like you would see on Iron Chef or something like yeah. that where she can do like 15 carrots in 20 seconds and she's doing it and then somehow she takes the knife and she throws it and at the end of and and it hits a cabinet and there's a tomato oh because she asks for him to throw another thing and he throws a tomato and she just goes okay um and and the look he gives her is like what chef were you and i was like gordon ramsay but in any event so so she she kills this oh the way she kills this guy is that um they're they're fighting in the kitchen she, they've got like she's got a choice between picking up a really big sharp knife or a lemon meringue pie. And what does she do? She picks up the pie and hits him in the face with it and knocks him down. There are a lot of allusions to uh, three stooges in this movie because the the pie in the face, and then Brian Cox is watching the three stooges, right. and then they go to Niagara Falls. Apparently, sure, apparently we're quick, uh, slowly we turned step by step, inch by inch. Was this film produced by the Howard family? <laughs> but or in the any fine event, family. So, so 
after this scene where the house has been shot up, Samuel L. Jackson pulls up um, because to save her daughter from the guy with the gun, Mm -hmm. she throws her out the window into the treehouse, which is right outside the window. That's some Home Alone shit right there. (laughs) But let's get back to the fact that that they were like, you know, basically immortal on this show. Uh, this movie, because there's a scene where there's she's supposed to meet Brian Cox for the first time. Right. He was he was her first contact to the past that Samuel L. Jackson had found. So they're going to meet at some bus station or. Yeah. Or, and and she she doesn't know what he looks like. And some guy walks up. And Do you know who that guy looked like? The guy who's approaching them looks like uh, the Nazi from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, I I, I thought the same thing too. <laughs> we are not or, thirsty. Or, or or the guys with you know from was it Dark City with the with the hat? Oh yeah, yeah, Mr. Hand. Yeah, but in any event, um, so he starts approaching, and she thinks that that's uh, Brian Cox's character, and he's got a folded newspaper. And if in- anyone ever has a folded newspaper and they're wearing a black fedora and a leather trench coat. Run away. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because they make a big deal of the fact that, that Samuel L. Jackson put his revolver in his right jacket pocket. Right. So she's to his right and 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 this guy's approaching and he's he's slowly reaching under the, the fold right. of the paper and he starts to pull out a gun and she yells gun. She sticks her hand in his jacket pocket and blows the guy away. No, you got to talk into the mic, Dad. He blows the guy away. Much better. <laughs> yeah. Well, also she's spooning. She's spooning Sam Jackson as she's doing it. But he's he, like, "What the hell are you doing?" But he he had some sort of automatic weapon because he even when he's he being had a shot, Kalish, uh, Kalishnikov. But I mean, the, the place is being shot up. Meanwhile, there's got to be at least a dozen terrorists. Well, they're actually probably rogue CIA agents. Yes, but. but but it doesn't matter if you're a rogue CIA agent. As soon as you become a rogue CIA agent, Dad, you know what you become? A terrorist. Well, in any event, we're going to refer to them going forward as the bad guys. Yeah. There's, so there's about a dozen bad guys, all with guns. And they're blowing people away. They, they basically wiped out everybody in the station except Samuel L. Jackson and, and, and Gina Davis. Once again, deus ex machina. Just saying. But um, uh, even when they threw the hand grenade, right? You know, they. Oh yeah, th- that is the slowest hand grenade in the world because it falls. You could count to ten, and then he's like, "Oh shit, we gotta run." Well, they yeah. I mean, as soon as they see it, and and it's a long hallway that they've got to run down. Yeah, and and he goes. We can't get away, and and Gina Davis takes his pistol. Yeah, because and- he says before he's like, "You have a full clip." Uh, I've got three shots in my I gun. I got three shots. So she fires three shots at the window. From his gun. From his gun. And then fires the entire clip of the machine gun when she jumps out the window into... First off, she jumps into fro- a frozen lake. But how did she know that that was like not ground? How did she know it was a lake? Because the way it looked, it looked like it was just grass. Well, I guess... I, I have, Again... 
plot hole. Because I, I don't think they ever were. That was at a, in a, a, a station that was not anywhere near the it's town. It's a train station. Yeah, like- it was not anywhere near where she she was had been living. But she jumps, and you know they they she she basically shoots out the window so they can jump through it. They jump through it, and she takes his machine gun, and she's basically machine gunning a a, a hole. I mean, she's making you know a circular uh, pattern, yeah. and then they land right in the middle where she's shooting, and that's then that's how they get out of it. Um, and that's when they actually meet Brian Cox, and he drives away with them. Well, yeah, but. Uh- in that scene, that's where she meets Timothy for the first time. That's where she meets Craig Bierko's character. Right. Um, because he's like, I bought you a drink. Like, he's trying to pick her up because he knows who she is, but she's he's trying to see if she knows. And she really has no clue. And he's like, oh, is. you don't know who I am. Honestly, they should have left it at that because... She has amnesia. She wouldn't have remembered anything. Well, they were... But the problem with these amnesia cases is, is that... You could recover your memory at some point, and what happened, and the the incident that really sort of started to give her some sort of flashbacks as to who she was was this after that party where where um, Uncle Al, where Uncle where Uncle Al, she's Uncle dri- Touchy, yeah, he's he's driving home, uh, she's driving him in in her vehicle, and, and he, he tries to grab her boob, well, and then he goes, "I'm sorry," yeah, yeah, but. She gets distracted when he's trying to grab her. She doesn't get distracted, Dad. She's trying to fend off a right, sexual but assault. But she's looking at him, and then all of a sudden she looks straight ahead, and there's a deer in the road. She hits the, Bambi's mom. The, she hits the deer, and and I'm not sure how the, the, the legs ended up going through the windshield first. You would think that if you hit a deer with your car... The antlers. Yeah, but it was the legs that go in, and and they hit her and they hit him and the car hits a tree and she yeah. is ejected. I mean, she she must have flown forty feet in the air um, from this this accident. And not just that, she hits a tree, she hits a rock. She she every bone in her body should be broken. Like this movie should be like twenty minutes long. After that, she should be in a body cast. It should take twenty minutes for them to figure out who she is, track her down, and then go into the hospital and cover her mouth with their hand. And that's the end of the movie because she's paralyzed. So, so when 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 she, after she gets hit, she starts to have these like like you know, one or two second flashbacks of what she looked like before. Yeah, she has those weird stranger thing in the upside down flashbacks where she's like 11 floating in the air, but she's standing. So when her flashbacks, her dreams, when she's face to face with her other self, she's standing at a mirror and I was waiting for you to say, oh, do, do do the Marx Brothers mirror bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but she's standing in a mirror, and she's there with herself, and she's like, your real name's Charlie. <laughs> like, right. And, and, yet, and, and on the other side of the mirror, the, the, herself takes the knife and, and swings at her throat. Yep. And, and, and she, she just sort of, like, moves back. And then she realizes that, you know, obviously she's having some sort of um, experience. But but after the deer accident. Yes. She's walking. There's snow. She walk, She's walking now barefoot. You can see that she's barefoot walking in the snow. She should have frostbite. Like the, deer, the deer is twitching. 
and she walks through, I don't know, 20, 30 feet of snow. She crosses through a... Bro- it wasn't 20 or 30 feet of snow. It, 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 no, I mean, of, of distance that had snow. Yes. That she was, you know, it was maybe six inches or five in- inches of snow. Yeah. And, and the poor deer is like, ah, please kill me. I should not be alive. And she walks up to this deer after walking through this obviously very cold water and whatnot. She doesn't seem to care at all. And she just grabs the deer by the antlers and does the same thing that she did with the guy in the kitchen. <laughs> does a neck twist and all of a sudden the deer's dead. Is she like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse where his thing was ripping out people's throats? Is her thing just snapping necks? Well, she did it twice. Once to a deer and once to that guy. She did it three times. She does it to One-Eyed Jack. She does it to the deer. And then she does it to another aimless guard uh, once she gets her daughter back. Oh, I thought... I thought. I, well, she, she stabbed one of them. She stabs one guy once they get out of the, the meat locker. But when, when... No, no. The first one, when she first gets to that property... And she wants to break in before she goes into the she actually he 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 says who he is, you know, so and so checking in. And all of a sudden she takes a knife. Yeah. And kills him. No. But when she's running on the ground to find Caitlin to find oh. her daughter, there's just a guy who she disarms and then snaps his neck. So this is her thing. That's her move. Not talking, not being a pacifist. She snaps necks and asks questions later. But in any event, so so now she's she's starting to be, begin to remember who she is. Yeah. And and one of the things that she, she immediately cuts her beautiful dark hair. Oh, that's when she realizes who she is. That's when she knows who she is. Right. She Okay, go ahead. Well, can, okay, I hate the music choice for this, because one of my favorite bands is the Zombies. I love the Zombies. I hate the Santana cover of She's Not There, and that's the song that's playing. Well, if you want to talk about the music, the music was... We'll get there. Oh, okay. But, but so she she realizes who she is now after she was water-tortured by David Morris. Right. Um, After she was water-tortured, she's like, I'm Charlie Baltimore, and she cuts her hair... To she's not there by the zombies, which is a little too on the nose, if you ask me. Well, except that it was the Santana and, version. Yes, the I like I like the zombies version. I like Nico Case's version, but the Santana version then cuts to Lady Marmalade. Oh yeah. Oh god. Uh, uh, because she she cut her hair, and they do this thing that I hate in the movie. She opens. She wipes off the mirror. And does a circle, and she has her long red Gina Davis hair, and then opens up the mirror, grabs out some shampoo, shuts it, and she's got blonde hair now, and she's got like you know a bob cut. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, you know, uh, we we started talking about the the music. Yeah, what was the first song? That Samuel L. Jackson. Now here's Samuel L. Jackson, who's a private investigator, a former former bad cop, and who had spent four years in jail. What is he listening to in the car when they're driving? Oh, he's listening. Well, he's listening to Willie Nelson one of the times. No, no, the very first song where he's yeah. singing along well, with I it. I gotta go through the soundtrack, Dad. God damn it. Um, he's listening to. I'd really love to see you tonight. 
by Seals and Cooley. <laughs> it was. It, it, I said to myself, "There's no way anybody would be listening to that song." That would be like after blowing away these guys. The next scene you cut to is something's telling me it might be you. The theme from Tootsie. <laughs> All of my life. Yeah, it it's just the weirdest choice to go from. Like this amazing score. The score is really great. The guitar riffs. It's Alan Silvestri who did the theme for uh, Forrest Gump, Back to the Future, uh, Ready Player One. He he uh, he wrote the Avengers theme. Like he does great scores. Then to splice in these really weird songs, you have Lady Marmalade, um, and then some of them were just record. Uh, labels from Warner Brothers because this is a New Line Cinema so this is technically a Warner Brothers movie so you have like Semisonic you have Dean Martin it's the weirdest soundtrack it was it was yeah I you know that'd be like the next scene when they're driving away you just hear hey mambo mambo Italiano Well, no, they didn't play that, but it was, it was, it, you get, you, you're struck by the fact that the music is just weird for the, I mean, there are movies that the music just makes so much better, and this was not one of them. So, one of the songs in this movie is FNT by Semisonic. That song was used in the movie 10 Things I Hate About You that we already talked about on the Bagel Basket a few months ago. That in that movie makes sense because that's their date. They're having this romantic date and it's cute and quirky and this like 90s, you know, punkish song is playing. But to have this in a, in a movie where it's just two people sitting in a car smoking cigarettes doesn't make sense, especially when one of those people is Sam Jackson. You know how, how in a lot of these like comic book movies, they, yeah. they, the, the, the you know the good guy is is up against it, and and will say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this to you, and you're gonna die, or I'm gonna do this to you, and yep. whatever. She did that at least twice in this movie. She's got this weird ESP. Yeah, she she she's locked in a in a um, in a uh, meat locker, a meat locker, and, with her daughter, and um, she says to Craig Bierko. Yep, you're gonna die screaming. Yep, I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. To, and meanwhile, she's locked and it's minus. It's becoming minus sixty degrees. Yep, and that was also weird. So so. Well, the other one was also David Morris. Right. Oh yeah, that she's, was, right. she says. She I'm says, gonna shoot you in the legs. She says, if you let me go now, I won't shoot your kneecaps off, and I'll leave you. Uh, I'll leave you alive. And then she gets the gun, which is in Brian Cox's. Cu- Underwater. Brian, yeah, underwater. She's tied up. Brian Cox's cock is is where the gun is. Right, because he, he made a point of saying that people don't don't frisk you that area because yeah, they he, don't want to. Because Sam Jackson's like, Jesus, old man, how many of those things you got? Three, one shoulder, one hip, and one right here next to Mr. Wally. Well, most pat-downs never reveal it. It's an agent's often reluctant to feel up another man's groin. So she, she had no problem checking there. And and she's tied up, but she managed to get one arm free, and they drowned Brian Cox. So he's right. So right he's there. dead. He's he's conveniently located right where they're torturing her. So she reaches into his pants, pulls out his 
gun, his penis gun, his gun gun, and um, and and comes up for air, and she just shoots him right in the knee. She shoots off both kneecaps and then shoots him in the chest, and um, yeah. Also, Sam Jackson is a good detective, but he's also a bad detective because he when they 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 leave Brian Cox because they think Brian Cox is a bad guy. Right. They leave him, but he leaves his notepad with all of his notes and he's like, "Yeah, I've, it was easy to figure out where you were going because you put it you put the address right below a nudie bar and right above this picture. I'm guessing it's a penis." And he goes, "It's a duck." Oh, I saw it was a duck right away. I knew it was a duck right away too. But in any event. What type of penis is Brian Cox looking at? In any event. And keep in mind people, I'm having this conversation with my father. The fact is that that Gina Davis was the one who was the alpha character in this whole yeah. movie. She got top billing too, which, you know, I, I thought Samuel L. Jackson was a pretty established star at that point. Yeah, he he well, but she had the Oscar. Oh, she so has that's a, it? she had an Academy Award for the accidental tourist. He had the nomination for uh pulp fiction, but he also at that time, I think the only big movie that he was in besides Pulp Fiction was Jurassic Park. Oh. For like starring roles. Because before then he was like the crackhead in Coming to America who tried to rob the the uh the McDowells and he was um in Do the Right Thing and mainly he had smaller roles, but like when Pulp Fiction came along, that's when he started getting these like leading man roles. But yeah. once again, this is his favorite role. And I don't I don't see it much different than Nick Fury. Like not Nick Fury now, like Nick Fury and Captain Marvel. Very similar role. Oh yeah. I can I can see that. Um and and which he reprised in Captain Marvel. Yes. Well that's He's- why they said it in nineteen ninety six, because the screenwriters were very very compelled to do like a long kiss goodnight. You're kidding. No. Really? That's why it takes place in 1996. That's why um that's why Sam Jackson is there as Nick Fury. That's why the car he drives is a Lincoln. Like it's okay. And oh. she has amnesia. Like it's very much like the long kiss goodnight. Also, the real detective in this movie is his secretary. Yeah, she gets everything. I I, I thought the, the the one thing he said that was sort of funny was was um, at the very beginning um, he bursts in with these two guys who look who who were off the street. They They're were hobos. Yeah, yeah, and but but he put like trench coats on them so that they were allegedly uh, detectives with him, and he's yep. supposed to be some sort of vice detective. And he he breaks in, and there's this guy having. Just about, I assume, having sex with this girl. Like, does he plan this out with his secretary? Oh like, yeah, yeah, no, he absolutely. No, no, no. Like, like ha- before the guy's about to bang you, give me a little wink outside. Like, like turn the light on ever so slightly. I uh, know. I my guess is that they just figure, you know, I'll, I'll give you t- five minutes in there and then I'll burst in. Yeah. So, so this guy's in bed with this this woman. And he makes some crack about the fact that obviously he doesn't have a lot of money based on his his taste in hookers. 
basically face and body shaming his secretary. Yeah, and that is the that And act- that was a joke. That that was a joke for him to say. Once again, it's come out in like a lot later years that Shane Black is you know, he's not the greatest guy in any event. <laughs> Just so, saying. So so uh um And that actress is um is played by uh I don't think I've ever remember seeing her in anything. Remarkable. She's been in everything. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. It's um it's Melina Kinkaris. Kinkarity? Yeah. Um she was on CSI New York, Providence. Um Okay, two shows I don't watch. Snitch with The Rock, the movie The Snitch. Um, Again. She, she was on that TV show, The Resident, that um, uh, uh, Rachel likes. Um, she was in Percy Jackson. She, she was on Oz. <laughs> and she was on The West Wing, which is what I know her from. Okay, but in any event. So, um, But yes, she does all the work. But she's, she's not a, a horrible-looking woman. I mean, you know, they, they, her hair. I'm sorry, I just don't go for women who look like Nancy Kerrigan. Thanks for that insight into your life, Sam Jackson. (laughs) She looked like Nancy Kerrigan. I didn't think so. She totally looked like Nancy Kerrigan, Dad. When Sam is, I, I don't disagree with him. This is one of his best roles, in my opinion. He has so much fun. He's having so much fun. See, and I thought he, I thought he had so, I thought he had a lot more fun in Kingsman. I thought that he was. I thought he was, he was contractually obligated to be in that movie. Well, he might have been, but it, it looked like a movie that he was just having a lot of fun being an outrageous bad guy with a lisp and 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 wearing wearing a million different color Yankee caps and and he was just no. Having, in this one, he's just wearing a million different colored Kangol hats, which is his trademark. Wow. But also, one time, one outfit doesn't he look like you know. A leprechaun. He's wearing like an entirely green outfit with like golfing pants and and. Uh, well, okay. So let's talk about his clothes, okay? Because because Gina Davis as the school teacher is wearing long skirts and and sort of you know almost button up uh, tops and whatnot. When she turns into her, Charlie, into char- Charlie, where does uh, she find the leather pants? That's I'm, my. I- uh, well, again, plot hole. Uh, but she, she, um, she, she, you know, she, she wears a lot more provocative clothing. Yeah. Well, I love, I love what they do there. So they have her wearing the white, you know, teddy and bra when she's getting water tortured, and then in the next scene, she's wearing a black bra. Ooh, cause she's bad now. You know, they did that with Psycho with Janet Lee. Yes, Dad. Okay, I, I do, and that's what they were going for. I guess, but in any event, so um, uh, in any event, so so Samuel L. Jackson, maybe he liked it so much because he could pick the most non-complimentary clothing to wear. Everything he wore, but he pulled was, it off. No, he didn't. I mean, he Sam looked, Jackson pulls off. Everything oh my he god! Wears. No, it, you know what? He looked he looked clownish at times. <laughs> And and the and and the very last scene where he's being interviewed by Larry King, he's got the the worst outfit I could possibly. I mean, 
Do you know what he looks like? He looks like a kid's imaginary friend. Like, this is what a kid would dream an imaginary friend would wear. Yeah, he's going to be wearing a plaid, you know, blazer, and he's going to have, you know, a mustard-colored tank top, uh, turtleneck, and he'll have a green vest. Yeah, and no, he looked, he, it was He just, looked like a kid's imaginary friend. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was. And he pays for everything in buttons. Yeah. And on, on, on Larry King, he, he did the other dad joke that was so horrible. I always try to be frank and honest with Ernest. women. Frank, frank and, and earnest. earnest with women. In New York, I'm frank, and in San Francisco, I'm earnest. Well, it was Philadelphia and Chicago. But oh, yes. Philadelphia and Chicago. But in any event, Whatever. that was the joke. That was the joke. And that's the joke that they sort of end the whole show on, except for the scene where she's back with... with uh, Everwood. Yeah. Um, and And... Again, she has to throw a knife. Yes. Well, I love how like they made it very clear that he's okay with her like like being tougher than him. Well, not just that, but like when she like breaks the kid's arm, he's okay with that. When she like goes away and then comes back later, he's okay with that. Know why? Because she's Gina Davis. Because she's hot, and he's the type of guy who could not get a woman, even if he had a hundred dollar bill hanging off his zipper. Like that—that's the vibe he gives off. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, she is settling when she's hanging out with him. Yeah. Um, No offense to Tom Amandas. No, I'm sure you're a lovely man, but your character in this movie is very nebbish. Yeah, especially that sweater he wore at the Christmas party. Yeah, the Christmas party sweater Uh. is bad. Oh, also, there is someone. who is actually famous. Not famous, famous, but they have a throwaway part in this movie The the when Larry King is like, and we have uh, the head of the CIA. This guy has no lines. Right. The head of the CIA is played by Uncle Frank from Home Alone 1 and 2. Oh, no the, kidding. Look what you did, you little jerk. Oh. Yeah, that guy. He just, by, by the way, did you really think it was necessary? <laughs> there's there's a kid at the Christmas party. He's got to be 10 years old or 11. He's probably 12 or 13. 12 or 13. Okay, but he's a, he's a he's he's like a little chubby redheaded kid. Yeah. And and he's reaching for a cigarette at the party and Yeah, and his Gina, whole bit is he steals cigarettes from people. And Gina Davis basically, you know, tells him no and 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 she really chastises him for it. But then when she's sneaking around the house, after after the um, at, at some point, um, she she's cutting across the yards, right? And she sees him smoking, and she's like, "What did I say about smoking?" So he gives her the cigarette. She takes a puff, gives it back to him, and then she basically threatens to kill him. At uh, yeah, I mean, she basically threatens the hell out of the well, guy. She's also holding a gun. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's holding this big rifle and she's threatening him, and the kid pees himself. Now, did I mean was that really necessary? Was it's that was the nineties? I don't. You know what? I'm sorry. It wasn't funny. You know. Well, okay, so th- let's look at the films that came out in 1996, like in. Around this time. So Am I you, coming off as like a real old fuddy-duddy at this point? Have I become like my grandfather or something? <laughs> are not... you going to take a switch to this movie, Dad? No. Are you going to take your belt off? And... No, no. Well, okay, so at this time you had The Rock. You had Eraser. The Rock. Yeah. The Rock with Sean Connery. Yeah. You had Eraser with, with Schwarzenegger. With Schwarzenegger, right. Uh, you had Bulletproof with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans, which I 
don't right? know. Right. And I don't remember anybody peeing themselves in any of those three movies. Um, no, no. So it's not just a thing. But, <laughs> well, in Shane Black movies, there's always somebody who pees themselves? Not that they, they. Does he have some sort of fetish that I'm not aware of? Well, the weird thing is, Yvonne Zima, who plays the little girl. Yeah. She, she's been in like four or three or four of his movies since she's become an adult and i find it very weird and her roles in all of these movies are like scantily clad one of them she's the queen of pornography the other one she is like miss elks lodge bikini model i didn't know they had a queen but i find it very creepy that this this actress who he's known since she was an eight-year-old girl is now getting cast in his movies to be kind of objectified. <laughs> like, I find it very, very upsetting. <laughs> the whole climax of this movie is that that there is this chemical bomb that's going to be l- released in the center of Buffalo during the weirdest parade. This is a weird parade. I thought the parade at the beginning of the movie was weird. But this one has floats, and it's happening at night, and... But I think it was a Christmas parade too, wasn't it? Yeah, but why is there or a New Year's parade? No, it's it's a Christmas parade because it's Shane Black. Um, it's a weird parade, but there's like a a bunch of like firefighter dogs in 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 like costumes. Like they're not actual dogs; they're like like Scruff McGruff style costumes for these these dogs. And then you have like people in Christmas tree costumes and it's the weirdest things to go through. And then there's like cartoon characters. It's very weird. It's a weird parade. So maybe they should have got blown up. That's all I'm saying. Oh. That's why they were targeting them. We have to target these 4,000 people because this parade is so weird. Okay. Now, Now we missed a key plot point. Doesn't matter, Dad. We don't always cover everything, but go on. No, this is the key one. Okay. So, so Gina Davis saves her daughter from the bad guys, but they're they're like grossly outnumbered, and they're you know so she's going to be shooting at them. And Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. And she tells her daughter, "Go hide." So where does she hide? She hides in the actual bomb. She hides in this tanker. There's like a like a little utility metal utility box that she she climbs into, and Samuel L. Jackson sees her climb into it, but he can't get to her. And, and now like, they're kid. They're, what are you doing? And they're driving the 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 bomb to where they're going to set it off. And now Gina Davis has got to go and save her daughter, who's actually literally in the bomb. Yeah. And and uh, and. and you know, the ultimately she obviously saves her daughter, but then she collapses and she's lying there with her eyes open. It doesn't look like she's breathing. Yeah, she's dead. Yeah, well, yeah, she's dead. And and, and her she told her daughter, "Go, run, 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 get away from the bomb." So and then she collapses and she's lying there, and the little girl turns around, turns around and comes back, and now she's got a broken arm. So she's got one arm in a cast, and she's beating the hell out of Gina Davis, saying. <laughs> You gotta live. You gotta live. And all of a sudden, she it's not even like she did one of those <gasps> where she's breathing in. She just opened her eyes. <coughs> right. She closed her eyes and opened them. Right. And and all of a sudden, she's alive again. And that's when Samuel L. D- Jackson... Oh, and That's she, my favorite part. My, my favorite, like, 
Sam Jackson moment is when he drives out of the truck when he drives out of the truck because like the guitar riff because the whole movie uh Sam Jackson says he remembers stuff by doing like the blues and goes da 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 you know put, put my keys in my pocket da, 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 da. put a gun in the other pocket da, da, da. Yeah. so so like when he, they're like will someone please help us you just hear in the score da, 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 da. I got my eight year old daughter Negative, ma'am. We understand your request, but... That's right! You can't kill me, motherfuckers! And he... And he, and he turns the car on with with um, Fat Hitler in the passenger side. And he, he, drives, he drives it through. Meanwhile, they're on some sort of bridge between Canada and the U.S. Yeah. And... and the, the tanker has already crashed there because Gina Davis stole it and crashed it, but it didn't explode. Yeah. So, so um, uh, there's, there's the whole thing with the bad guy, and she does kill him, and he's screaming and whatnot, and he lands on top of the bomb, and you think he's dead, but really he's not. Yeah. Okay. And, and so she's got some sort of microphone, and, she, and there's a bunch of cops or, or CIA people or mm-hmm. – um, on the U.S. side, all these flashing lights and whatnot, and she says, there's an eight-year-old girl here. Come and get us, please. And they're like, tough titties. Uh, yeah, they're, they're basically saying, oh, well, eh, not Sucks our problem. to be you, Gina Davis. Not our problem. So, of course, Samuel L. Jackson drives out of this, back of this truck. It's obviously a panel truck. Yeah. The doors burst open, and he, and he oh, and the cop who basically said, Tough nuts to you. <laughs> Tough nuts, yeah. Um, he almost gets hit. I don't even know how he could have uh, known to dive to the side. Right. Because it ha- the, the action happened behind him. But he dives to the side, Samuel L. Jackson, and he picks up both of them and, and driving to the Canadian side now. And the bomb goes off. And there are all these cars that are flying in okay, all over so, the place. Yeah, they, they looked like... They looked like matchbox cars. They they looked so fake because they clearly did this on like a model. Like they blew it up on on a, a model because back in the old days kids when instead of having fancy schmancy CGI special effects, they what they would do is they would build a tiny model that would basically be like the size of a doll's house with little fake trucks that were really detailed and they would blow it up. So it was clearly that's what they did. Right. And of course, you know, I was thinking I was thinking of 2012 when I saw that where where the mountain blew up and and Woody Harrelson and, oh, and God, all I of these things. I love that movie and I hate it so much. And and they were and they all of these uh, huge chunks of 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 rock were flying and and missing the um the the van that that uh, Cusack was driving. And and so they're, the the trucks are landing, you know, to the left or to the right or in front, and the little girl's going, uh, "Try to miss the trucks, you know, don't hit yeah. the trucks." And like Samuel Jackson, I felt, I felt if it was really Samuel Jackson, he would have turned around and just blown the little kid away for being a smartass. <laughs> the the look on his face every time she's like, "Yeah, I don't need you," and he's like, "You don't need me," and then she throws him out of the car. Yeah, there was there was a scene where where. Um, she's walking down this busy uh, urban uh, street, and this guy walks up to her and. Hey, honey, 
This is a real big fucking gun. This ain't no ham on rap, pal. What the hell are you doing? Saving your life. I would have been here sooner, but I was thinking of that ham on rye line. You think I can't take him? Well, you probably scared the other ones away. What up? Headhunters, Nimrod. They don't travel alone. You're always the stupid. Did you take lessons? I took lessons. And and then all of a sudden, there's a gun to the the side of the 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 assailant's head, and it's Samuel L. Jackson. And Gina Davis is like ticked at him and she goes what took you so long no 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 he says i would have been here sooner but i had to park or something like that but she says you know you're screwing everything up what about all the other guys and he goes what do you mean the other guys she goes this is never one guy alone so she grabs the gun out of the assailant's hand and shoots him and then there's like and and she she basically has Samuel L. Jackson duck and shoots the guy behind him mm-hmm. and shoots like five or six other guys and he's just standing around there. He doesn't do anything. Is this kind of like the whole argument that Raiders of the Lost Ark, if Indiana Jones wasn't in it, it still would have had the same results? Um, if Sam Jackson wasn't in this movie? Ex- well, except for the fact that how would she have... It's possible, but his, the secretary connected her with with brian cox which is what really got everything going right um although you may be right because if one-eyed jack wasn't killed that's when when she was on the radar with the bad guys the bad guys knew she was there also let's talk about not being creative enough to come up with a a character name one-eyed jack you know what a one-eyed jack is it's a penis and the guy looked like a penis. And Shane Black probably took all of five seconds to create the... Is that sort of like Snake Plissken? No. <laughs> no. But the guy looked like a walking penis. He, he was bald, he had one eye, and he just tried to, you know, fuck with everything. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Next thing you're going to tell me is the Washington Mal- uh, Monument is a phallic symbol. No, it looks like a pencil. <laughs> but in any event. Now, I mean, look, if you want an action movie that is sort of fun, but If you weird. want a 90s action movie, if you want what like 90s action movies were at this time period, this is a pretty good example. Yeah. It doesn't flawed, have to make as, sense. And as flawed as it is, and, the, and despite the music choices... <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, especially if you want to see Samuel L. Jackson, because I, I do lo- I do like him a lot. I, I love him in this. And he- and Gina Davis is certainly, um, you know, she was she she I, to my, in in my mind she was one of the first ones who became the real um, action woman star. Yeah, but, but Charlize is the. Well, later on, yeah. she wasn't in '94. I mean, you know, she she be, she became the the epitome of the the Kate uh, Beckinsales and the 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 Charlize Theron's and and Emily Blunt. Yep, all all <laughs> of the ones who, uh, um, uh, what's her name, uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. when she does all of these, you know, she was really the first woman who was a real badass. Yeah. And she did that in, in that movie and in, and in Cutthroat uh, Island. Which was also directed by her ex-husband, Rennie right. Island. So as we get come to the end of this, 
on a scale of 1 to 13 bagels, 1 being shit and 13 being great, how many bagels are left in this bagel basket? I'd say six and a half. Yeah, six and a half is about right. I mean, the it's fun. As long as the half is an everything bagel. Yeah, thanks, Dad. <laughs> it's fun. It's stupid. Like, and you have the father of all badasses in this movie. Like, he is the godfather. You cannot have a better, you know, sidekick than Sam Jackson. Because he's always having so much fun. Even when he's getting the crap in and out of him in this movie, you could tell like he was having so much fun getting to play like a private eye. And also, he he's watching the long goodbye. In the, uh, he watches it. Yeah, that's what he's watching in the hotel. Right, as opposed to the long kiss goodbye, which is... The long kiss goodnight, yeah. Goodnight, which is... Yeah. yeah the long goodbye. Yes. Yeah. So, Dad, thank you for being here for our Father's Day episode. My pleasure. Next year, let's pick something more appropriate, like paycheck or something. No. <laughs> I will never do that. June is my birthday month. I can pick whatever I want. Oh, I, I pick so. this one. Okay. Um, because also, I'm basically doing only Sam Jackson movies this month. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Email us writersbagelbasket at gmail.com and uh, just keep staying tuned. Dad, thank you for being here. I love you. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. So until next time, I'm Scott Kerland. Bye. This is Kelly Reynolds, and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares about up against the wall by the fruit trees? <laughs> yes. Like, where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with Navy Seals. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases. Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From The Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network, and wherever podcasts may be found.